Hi, Suspect listeners. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Katie, and if you're new, hi, welcome. We hope you fit right in. I'm sure you will. If you are returning, thank you again for coming back for yet another week, another episode of listening to me vent, ramble, talk about these cases. I appreciate you guys. So... The case that I have for you guys today is actually pretty insane, and I'll get into deeper details on that, obviously, when we talk about the case, but yeah, it's pretty insane. Um, It's a case that I heard recently that I didn't really know anything at all about, and then one day I heard about it and spent the entire day trying to figure out everything that I could learn about it. Um, I brought out the tequila for this one, guys, because this one is just... It's fucking crazy. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. All the words you can think of um, to that manner. It's just a completely awful story that is pretty unbelievable until you look it up and you realize that it's real. So we'll get into that in a bit. But um, I want to tell you guys a little bit about my fucking week. Today is Wednesday when I'm recording this. You guys will hear this tomorrow or Friday depending on when you listen. But just a fucking crazy week so far and we're only halfway through but basically guys yesterday I wake up yesterday morning and where I live it's street parking so you have to move your car every couple hours you know especially being in a downtown area so I get up yesterday morning and I'm like you know I have all these plans I'm like okay I'm gonna go to the store today I'm gonna clean I'm gonna record I'm gonna do all these different things right I'm gonna be on my adult shit today needless to say None of that fucking happened. So I'm walking outside and I'm on the phone with my mom. You know, I call my mom 10 times a day. Honestly, I don't know if any of you do that, but call my mom pretty often throughout the day just when I'm doing random stuff like running to get coffee, running to do errands, whatever. So I'm on the phone with my mom and my grandma, mind you, who's very religious. Bless her. Love her very much, but she's very religious. So and Southern. So growing up in the South, you know, with the Southern religious grandmas, like, cussing anything none of that like none of that is a thing in their household or being around them so I'm on the phone with them and I'm just walking to my car thinking I'm about to go to the store all of a sudden mid-sentence to my fucking mom and grandma I cut off and I'm like oh my fucking god my car is in the middle of the fucking road and I just hang up because my car quite literally is in the middle of the fucking road and I'm just going to move it like I had parked legally I had parked good it was street parking I was parked completely fine it's not like I was you know too all it's not like I was too far off the curb or whatever I wasn't in the middle of the street I was parked perfectly fine like so my car is clearly not how my car is clearly not how I had left it so I'm like what the literal fuck so I walk to my car and I'm literally like stressed at this point because what the fuck like my car my whole front bumper is ripped off like my car's in the middle of the street at a fucking angle like literally what the fuck so I walk to my car and this dude that is with a company truck like a delivery not even like an Amazon or anything like that but like he was quite literally like carrying stuff to deliver to businesses like a company truck he's like oh is that your car and I was like yeah and he's like oh I did that I'll be over there in a second and I'm like okay cool whatever so I'm just standing there dude comes over to me at this point and he's like 
yeah, you know, um, I was trying to pull in here and I think it was just a tight turn and I, you know, I clipped your car. Um, and I'm like thinking in my head, dude, you more than clipped my car. You fucking dragged it up the street. And so anyway, going through conversation with this man, come to find out he had not contacted anybody. He didn't call the police. He didn't call the company he worked for. He literally, quite literally, dragged my fucking car up the road at an angle, ripped the entire front end off of my car, and then proceeded to just unpack his truck. Just go about his fucking merry day at work. Like, he didn't just fucking destroy somebody's car and leave it in the middle of the fucking street. So I'm like trying my best, obviously, to stay cool, calm and collected. I know that being aggressive with a situation is not going to handle anything. So, God. Anyway, I call the police because I'm like, fuck you, my dude. Like you had your opportunity to handle this at this point and you did not. So I called the police and they're like, oh, well, you can do this online or we can send somebody out. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Send somebody out. Fuck that. I'm not wasting any more time. Send me an officer out so he can see what happened. He can see I'm not at fault. I was not in the fucking car or anywhere around the fucking car when homeboy decided to drag it down the street. Anyway, so I have to wait an hour and a half. Police come. Obviously, he is at fault. So, yeah, that's how my week fucking started. I woke up to that. So now I have to obviously, you guys know how insurance and claims go, but it's just obviously very fucking frustrating. And it seemed like dude was not the least bit concerned at first. He was very nonchalant about the whole fucking matter. And it just... It baffles me. It baffles me. If you hit somebody's car, like, take care of that. Don't just be nonchalant about it. Like, so, anyway, that's how my fucking week started. That's how my Tuesday went. Um, So today, obviously, I was just dealing with, like, insurance stuff, responding to emails, phone calls, just (sighs) everything. It just was so fucking insane. And I'm proud of me, low-key, guys, to be honest with you, because... Any of you that know me know I have a little fucking attitude. And actually, I did have a little attitude yesterday. Let me give you guys the synopsis, right? So my car is in the middle of the fucking street. And this gentleman parked his work truck and like, it was like an alley, kind of. If you guys live in like major cities, you know, like there's alleys all through downtown. But like a lot of the alleys have like parking spaces in them so that people can park behind these businesses that they work at or, you know, they're dropping stuff out that they're dropping stuff off at, whatever the case may be. So he has the work truck, like, parked, basically, like, in this fucking alley parking lot area. My car's in the middle of the street. Dude finally decides to call the company that he works for, so his bosses arrive, and they have, like, like a pickup truck, and they park behind the work truck in this alley area. There's a fucking veterinarian's office right, basically, where this little alley area is, This veterinarian's office, or I don't even know if it's actually a vet's office or, like, just a grooming place for dogs. I'm not 100% sure. I've never been there. But needless, regardless of all that, they send, like, three different people out. And mind you, we have to wait, like, an hour and a half for the police because it's not like this is a murder or a kidnapping. Like, so they're taking their sweet-ass time getting there. So they send multiple people out, basically, over this hour and a half to ask if we're almost done or about how much longer it's going to be when you can clearly see my car in the middle of the street. Like there's nothing we can do. Like I can't move it. I can't do anything. So finally, you guys, I'll be honest with you. I did have a little attitude because they send this man out to take a dog outside basically to use the bathroom. 
and he's standing over talking to the guy that hit my truck and his bosses and he's just like being ignorant as fuck he was like how much longer is this gonna take do you are you guys almost done here because we, we gotta get these cars out of here and i lost my shit i did i looked at him and i said do you not see my car in the middle of the fucking street just looked at me didn't say anything turned around and I was like yeah take your ass back inside the police are already on their way if you'd like to call them go ahead because they're already they're already fucking coming like you what's your purpose here you see a wrecked ass car in the middle of the street like I get you have a business to run but my car cannot sit in the middle of the street jackass so anyway yeah had a little attitude with him but other than that, I was really proud of myself because I handled it all. It was fine. I did not go off on the guy that even hit my car. I was very understanding to him, and I was very polite. So fuck that dude at the vet's office or whatever fucking business that is because he he about got jumped by me. I mean, that was just, it was just ridiculous. Like, you clearly see me in the middle of a crisis, and you're coming outside to be an asshole and try to rush me like – Sir, sir. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, you guys know I'm just trying to be thankful that the guy was there and that insurance is going to take care of it, but obviously a very frustrating situation if any of you have had to deal with something like this, you know. So, <sighs> so after that happened... <laughs> I've decided this week that I've just been having a chill week. I spent the rest of yesterday finishing The Gossip Girl, the new reboot that I told you guys about. And then I've decided that I'm going to work through all the Harry Potter movies again, just because you guys know there's a little, some new Harry Potter things coming out. And I love that. So I started with The Sorcerers of Stone yesterday and I got about halfway through that. Um, but yeah. Your wizard Harry, your wizard Harry, your wizard Harry. Uh, love Harry Potter. Very excited for the new stuff coming out, especially because it is the original cast. So cannot wait for that. I'm definitely going to nerd out. My next tattoo is actually going to be a Harry Potter tattoo. I don't know if I've told you guys that yet. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but just know the next time you see me with a tattoo, it'll be based around that. But not like some corny shit, you know, not like... I don't know. Not anything corny. I'm not like that. But it'll be based around that just because my tattoos on my arm right now are kind of like mystical. Like I have a mermaid and then like a dagger and all kinds of stuff. Stars and shit. So, yeah. Oh, Medusa. I forgot Medusa. That's the one I get the most compliments on is my Medusa tattoo. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So current events this week, obviously there's always multiple things going on, but just saw this today, um, cried myself awake, I guess I could say, because I literally had just seen this when I had just woken up, but I don't know if you guys heard about Nick Cannon's five-month-old baby Zen passing away. Um, he posted a video, I think, on Instagram, Facebook, all of his socials, a message from Nick where he was on his show discussing it in front of an audience. Um, just awful. The Apparently, you know, he was born, he was fine. Nick kind of noticed that he always had like a little bit of a different breathing technique I guess um that he maybe thought he had some sinuses whatever the case may be so they decided to take him to the doctor one day and basically 
find out that he has a malignant tumor on his brain and there's fluid that is causing the baby's head to get bigger. So they put basically a tube in to try and help drain the fluid, you know, shrink it essentially. And it was working. It was all right. And then he said on Thanksgiving Day, things just took a turn for the worse. And they take him back into the doctor and they tell him that the tumor is growing at a rapid rate, essentially. So, uh Go watch the video. I'll make sure to link it below and you can hear all the details from Nick's perspective, obviously, and his story. But just an awful, awful situation. And I sobbed watching the video, to be quite honest with you. Um, just can't imagine, you know, like, one, losing your kid at all. But two, especially at such a young age for, you know, something that's just random and tragic. And yeah. We're sending lots of love to, you know, his family and to the mother, Alyssa. Um, just an awful situation. So definitely check the video out in the show notes so that you guys can be aware of, you know, the details of that situation. Send some love, send some prayer, whatever it is that you do. But it's definitely awful and we feel for him and wish his family the best and peace. So, as we all know, Nick Cannon was quite obviously the loving father. Um, He has multiple kids, great dad, well-known. He makes sure he's in all his children's life and takes care of them, as a parent should. But the case we're talking about today, it's quite the opposite. So, before we jump into today's case, I do want to give a trigger warning for child abuse, child neglect, abuse and neglect as well of the of adults so if you are triggered by any kind of abuse or neglect especially pertaining to children this episode is not for you and that is completely fine we understand Um, go ahead and skip this one sit this one out and the next episode will definitely be for you So like I told you guys, this is a case that I just heard about recently. I was on YouTube one day and just clicking through videos and a Diane Sawyer video popped up and, you know, I was like, let's see what this is. It was titled House of Horrors on YouTube and it was like a five-part series, I believed, and I watched all five parts and I was horrified, completely horrified by the things that I heard, by the things that I saw. Um, I'm not a mother myself, but you guys know that I've worked with children most of my life. I have younger siblings. A lot of my friends have kids. So I love children and I believe any kind of abuse or harm brought to them is just the utmost evil. Um, so yeah, this case is definitely going to be one to get through, but this is definitely just a fucking crazy, like... I don't even know how to describe it. You guys will have to let me know what you think about this episode. Before we jump in, though, I'm going to make myself another drink um, to help me get through this because tequila saves. Tequila saves during the hard times. (laughs) One second, guys. Okay. Tequila is ready. We're ready. Here we go. So today's case is going to be on the Turpin family, and if you watch the news, I'm sure you've seen this. If you pay attention to social media, I'm sure that you have seen this, but um, if you're like me and you only partake in those things, 
every once in a while or, you know, look at certain things when you are using those platforms, then you maybe miss this. And I'm going to tell you about it. So the Turpin family, just going to give you a little background and then we're going to obviously jump into everything that happened. So the Turpin family parents, we're going to start with David, the dad, David Allen Turpin. He's born October 17th, 1961, and he had worked for Lockheed Martin in Northrop Grumman. So David meets his wife, the mom, Louise Anna Turpin, and she's born May 25th, 1968 at Princeton High School in Princeton, West Virginia. The couple gets married in Parisburg, Virginia in 1985 when David is 23 and Louise is only 16. So the Turpins, David and Louise, are Pentecostal Christians. As part of their beliefs, the couple had numerous children because they believed that God had called them to do so. They have 10 daughters and three sons between 1988 and 2015. Despite their socially conservative beliefs, the couple engages in swinging. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what swinging is, you are too young to be listening. So please click off and (laughs) go find another podcast a little more for your age. Um, It's crazy they had that many kids, though, right? Ten daughters and three sons. Like, this is some cheaper by the fucking dozen shit. Cheaper by the dozen shit, baby. (laughs) The Turpin family lives in Fort Worth, Texas until 1999 when they moved to the neighboring city of Rio Vista. In 2007, the Turpin parents moved 10 of their children into an isolated trailer on the property. Mom and Dad, David and Louise, they take two of the youngest children and they leave the rest of the children to fend for themselves. They bring groceries on a weekly basis, but not enough to feed everybody. Which is just like, I'm already like, how do you think to do this? Like, I would never want my children away from me. Like, so Jordan Turpin, for those of you who have watched the Diane Sawyer interview with her, she is the blonde girl in the interview. She's six years old at the time. And she states that there was a lot of starving and that she resorts to eating ketchup or mustard or ice on a daily basis. After the family leaves the Rio Vista property in 2010, neighbors found feces and beds with ropes tied to them inside the house, along with dead cats and piles of garbage all around the house, every single room. In 2014, the Turpins moved to Paris, California. Neighbors reported that the children were silent and less spoken to, like children whose only defense was to be invisible. They would skip rather than walk, and they appeared to be malnourished and pale. One of Louise's sisters later says that David and Louise refused to let her see, refused to let her see the children. And another sister said that she had been concerned about the children's weight, but Louise's aunt said the family pictures posted on Facebook made her think that, you know, they're just one big happy family. And you guys can actually find pictures, multiple scenarios of when they're out in public or um, one specific situation is when the parents get married and, you know, all the children are at the wedding. And, you know, they might look happy in the photos, you know, like a happy family. But if you look at the children, their arms are ridiculous 
ridiculously skinny. They're completely malnourished and you can see it. And it's just like you're you're looking at these videos and these pictures of these children at the wedding and you just you can't believe it like that nobody else at the wedding like maybe they did notice and did not say anything but they're clearly being neglected to some sort and you can see it so I encourage you to go look up those pictures and I'll definitely make sure to post some on the suspect Instagram um, for those of you who follow me there So the children, they don't spend all of their time in captivity, you know, just 98% of it. Photos come out of the parents and all 13 children visiting Disneyland in nearby Anaheim. The boys and girls were dressed in matching Disney shirts. David and Louise um, had quite a little obsession for Disneyland and the parks. The vanity plates on the couple's two cars were D-Land and D-L forever. So parents of the year here, David and Louise, had been planning to move their family to Oklahoma. So basically, you guys can see that they're kind of moving around a lot. So it's suspected that when they were suspected of abusing their children, they would just move. Because David's an engineer. It's not like they don't have money. So these children aren't coming from an abusive situation and poverty. Like, they clearly have money to take care of their children. They have nice houses everywhere they go. Um, plenty big, you know, for the children. They have to share rooms and stuff, but they're nice houses. They're just living in filth and not taking care of their children intentionally. And Luis, they say this in the ABC documentary, had like a little bit of a shopping problem. And she would order like kids' toys, coloring books, all kinds of shit for kids, but would never let the kids touch it. It would just be sitting out like on the couch or the coffee table, piles and piles of toys. Um, The kids had clothes in their closet that had brand new price tags on them. They were not allowed to touch. They just had to wear the same clothes over and over again. Just multiple scenarios like that. They had the money to buy stuff, but just were not letting their children indulge in it. So David and Louise had been planning to move the family to Oklahoma at the time of their arrest. And Jordan Turpin, basically right before they get arrested, she overhears her parents speaking about the move. And she decides, I got to get the fuck out of here. I have to call the police. I have to save myself and my siblings. Like, we are fucked if we move again. So by 2018, the Turpin children had been planning to escape their parents for more than two years taking pictures of things that they might need to show the police, videos, all kinds of footage. On January 14th, 2018, two of the girls, Jordan and her younger sister, leave the house through a window. So the younger sister, whose name is not disclosed for privacy reasons, she's 13 at the time, she gets really scared when they climb out the window, panicking, thinking about, you know, what could potentially happen to her if her fucking parents came outside. And she turns back around. But Jordan, Jordan's like, nah, fuck this. At this point, I, I have to do something or we're all going to die, essentially. So she's 17 at the time. She gets away some distance from the house and she calls 911 on a cell phone that she had snuck out with her. 
In the 911 call, Jordan tells the dispatcher that she and her siblings were being abused by their parents and that the conditions were so bad sometimes she could barely breathe. When the first officer arrives, Jordan shows him pictures of conditions inside the house. And so I actually want to play this 911 call for you guys. It is condensed. Um, they did break it down. So you can find the full 911 call on YouTube. I think it's like three minutes and 30 seconds. But I want to play just a condensed version for you guys. Um, pay attention to multiple things. One, keep in mind that Jordan is 17 at this time. 17 years old. A young lady, a senior in high school, if we're putting it in a different sense. Listen to how she sounds. She does not sound 17 years old. She sounds like a young, young girl. Um, and not only that, but she she doesn't know words like medication or injury or different things like that. Like she has never been taught these things. So the 17-year-old girl not only sounds and acts like she's 8 or 9 years old, but she also looks like she is. They don't know she's 17. She looks like a small, frail child. So keep that in mind when you're listening to all this. And we're going to go ahead and play the 911 call now. 911 emergency, what are you reporting? Um, hello. This is 911, do you have an emergency? Uh, I just went away from home because I was in a family of 15, okay? Can you hear me? And we have abusing parents. Did you hear that? Okay. How did they abuse you? Okay. They hit us. They throw us across. They like throw us across the room. They pull our hair. They they yank out our hair. I have two. My two little sisters right now are chained up. Okay. How Did old you are you? I'm seventeen. What's your name? A second dispatcher picks up. Hello? Oh, yes, I'm still here. I was actually on the road because I didn't even know about the sidewalk. You're supposed to be on the sidewalk, but I never been out there. What's your address? Okay, you got to give me a minute. It's going to take a while. I've never been out. I don't go out much, so I don't know anything about the streets or anything. Does anybody at the house take any kind of medication? Oh, I don't know what medication is. So that was the 911 call. As you guys can see, like I mentioned, she sounds very young. She doesn't know a lot of vocabulary. She seems very confused. She seems like she's never really been outside by herself before. So, um, so like I mentioned, when the police officer gets there, you guys can find the body cam footage as well from when he's walking up to Jordan, speaking to her, um, puts her in his car. And, you know, so the body cam footage shows the officer arriving and speaking with Jordan. He asked her, hey, do you have any injuries? And she's like, I don't know what that means. He's like, are you hurt? She's like, no. She's very childlike. The officer picks up on this. He's like, wow, I can't believe this girl's 17 years old. He talks to her about all the conditions that her and her siblings are living in. She tells him like, hey, my siblings are chained up. I have pictures. Shows him pictures on this phone. 
Um, and then she tells the officer, you know, they don't get to bathe. They don't eat. They haven't bathed in over a year, all the siblings. It's been over a year since the last time they were able to have a bath. Deputies of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department raid the house, but they show up originally basically saying, hey, we're here for a welfare check. Louise and David answer the door, and the Sheriff's Department said that Louise was perplexed to why they were there at that residence, is how they worded it. So inside the Turpin house, they walk in, and they immediately, and they immediately realize, like, it smells like poop, like straight shit in here, decaying garbage, dead pets, molding food, and every surface of the house is covered in trash. There's not one clean area. Like it's like walking through a landfill, but in a house. So picture that. The children are found with bruises on their arms, appearing frail and caked with dirt. Caked. The children were so malnourished that deputies thought they were all under 18 years old when in fact seven of them seven of them were over 18 years old the house contains hundreds of journals written by the children all about their lives and different things that their parents had done to them for years the parents had imprisoned beaten and strangled their children allowing them to eat just once per day and shower just once per year. The older children appeared much younger because of the malnourishment. The 29-year-old sister weighed just 82 pounds. I don't remember the last time I wore I weighed 82 pounds and I'm 24. The 11-year-old child had an arm circumference equivalent to a 4-month old baby so those wedding pictures i was telling you guys about yes their arms clearly way too thin some of the children appeared to lack basic knowledge of the world for example they were unfamiliar with what medicine and police were this case is considered extraordinary for honestly numerous reasons, including that abuse was inflicted on multiple children by both parents and the calculated and systematic nature of the abuse and the torture that they endured. So David and Luis, the mom and dad, um, fuck them, first of all. Fuck them completely. They're charged with 12 counts of torture, 12 counts of false imprisonment, 7 counts of abuse of a dependent adult, and 6 counts of child abuse. David also receives an additional charge of a lewd act on a child under 14. There are suspicions that he did sexually assault multiple of the girls, but he was convicted on this one charge. They were held in lieu of no bail being posted, which media reported was set at $9 million for Louise Turpin and $12 million for David Turpin. David was eventually charged with perjury in relation to affidavits he had filed with the California Department of Education over the years, in which he asserted that basically his children were being educated in a private school, which essentially what this means is that they were faking documents every year claiming that the children were being homeschooled at home, a.k.a. a private school, and 
they never were. These kids were never being educated. They were not being taught. They were not being paid any attention to. There's these were false documents so that they could continually get away with abuse and neglect and torture of their children. And one thing I do want to say is that when this is something that we've seen a couple times, right? Like this is a little bit of an extreme case, but we have seen multiple times where people are faking homeschool documents. And I don't know necessarily who needs to be more on top of this. I feel like it's a school district thing just because you guys are, that's your job to care about the children. But we need like welfare checks on these homeschool kids or something, like something implemented because why does it seem way too easy to falsify these documents for 13 children and nobody nobody checked on these kids nobody did a double take like uh, this is baffling to me and if this does not tell us that we need one to get our shit in check but two maybe need different people in the school districts are taking care of our children on a daily basis like I don't know what is like that's insane to me that they were able to falsify these documents for all 13 of these children for all their entire lives like (sighs) insane insane on february 22nd 2019 david and louise each changed their not guilty pleas to guilty to one count of torture three counts of willful three counts of willful child cruelty four counts of false imprisonment and six counts of cruelty to an adult dependent Both of them were sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Experts believe that they will never receive parole due to the severity of the crime, making it effectively a life sentence. Which they shouldn't, like, and it's just... They used their religion, and you guys see more of this in, like, the ABC documentary with Diane Sawyer, and I believe my friend told me that there's a documentary on Hulu now that I need to check out, but they used their religion as an excuse to abuse their children, and that is so disgusting, and we see people use religion as excuses to do a lot of things, right? But abusing your children and telling them, like, God gave me this right. And they would say things to their children like, God made me your mother. I can kill you if I want to, and that's fine. Those are things that they said to their children. Jordan Turpin talks about this in the interview with Diane Sawyer, and it's just, it's insane to me. I'm drinking tequila, and I'm still getting mad at this shit. Like, what the fuck, these poor kids. Ugh. David was originally sent to the Mule Creek State Prison before being sent to the California State Prison in Corcoran. I'm not good at pronunciation. And Louise is in the Central California Women's Facility. So they, um, some of the kids actually testify at trial, and you guys can also find this video and audio footage on YouTube. But a lot of their faces, most of their faces are not in it for privacy reasons, but the mom you know is like apologizing and it's just like bitch 
how? How? You let this go on. You had a 29-year-old. A 29-year-old. Like, this is how long that went on for. Like, how sorry can you fucking be, my bitch? Like, how? I'm sorry. I Maybe I'm a little bit biased because, like I said, I worked with – I mean, I don't know. But how sorry are you, Louise? Louise is lying. Louise is fucking lying. All the children spent several weeks in the hospital after this, um, which the six minors were put into two foster homes afterwards. Doctors treat various issues with the children, including heart damage due to lack of nutrients, cognitive impairments, and neuropathy. Five of the younger children were housed in a foster care with a family where abuse allegedly took place. In October 2019, they were adopted by that same family while the abuse was occurring. The foster family was arrested and charged with abusing multiple children in their own care, including at least one Turpin child. But they don't really give details on this. I feel like they don't. Like, they're like, oh, shit, we fucked up again. Like, we, oh, shit, I don't know. Ugh. These poor kids. Like, they already went through this their entire lives. So now they get placed in foster care and it happens again. It's just fucking awful. Fucking awful. In early 2020, the Riverside County Deputy District Attorney said that some of the children are living independently, living in their own apartment, and have jobs and are going to school. Some volunteer in the community. They go to church. One of them had graduated from college. An investigation for the ABC News Magazine 2020, which chronicled the case for the November 2021 special Escape from a House of Horror, which is the Diane Sawyer interview I was telling you guys about, reported that some of the Turpin children are now neglected by Riverside County Social Services. Some are homeless and none, none of them may use the hundreds of thousands of dollars that were donated to them. The money was placed in a trust controlled by a court-appointed public guardian. Joshua Turpin stated that he couldn't even access the funds to buy himself a bicycle and was denied. During an interview with Diane Sawyer for the 2020 special, Jordan Turpin, the 17-year-old hometown, the 17-year-old child hero, (laughs) She states that she was released without a warning from a foster home with no life skills, no plans for housing, or knowledge of how to get food and health care. According to the report, Riverside County has hired a private law firm to investigate allegations of abuse by social services. I, like many of you, watched the recent 2020 special on the Turpin children. The reaction for most of us was horror, disgust. What happened to those children during that time was something none of us would want ourselves or our children to ever live through, says Carmen Spiegel, chairman woman of the Riverside County Board of Supervisors during a public meeting. It's of the utmost importance to complete a full and independent evaluation of our county systems and in the way that we provide care and deliver services, Spiegel says. Um, And that is the crazy, horrifying, 
Turpin case. And um, I will definitely, I'm going to keep up with like the kids that they do have in foster care and see if they release any more information on the investigation into the abuse in the foster care with the Turpin children. But until I find new information, that is what I have. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure that honestly just completely fucking baffled you guys like it did me I was listening to this and horrified like one I mean I just can't imagine doing any of this to any human right like I just can't like I would never want to hurt a human being like this but two, your own children you had 13 children just to abuse them like these poor kids thought this was normal they thought being locked inside being fed once a day not bathing they thought that was normal so Jordan Turpin in the Diane Sawyer interview talks about when they go to like the park for the first time after all of this like it was amazing because they had never been able to do that never and I'm just (sighs) you guys definitely go find more information on this go watch the ABC interview Um, Check out the Hulu documentary. I'm going to be watching that as well. (sighs) These poor kids, man. These poor, poor people. It is so awful. There is a foundation that you guys are able to donate to to specifically help the Turpin family. Funds that they will be able to access and be able to use to buy food, clothes, whatever they need, and it is thejcfoundation.org. Again, that is thejcfoundation.org. That's spelled the, J-A-Y, the letter C, foundation.org. Go check out all the different resources and information they have on there pertaining to the Turpin family and also to different abuse statistics that we have going on in America. And if you're able to donate, please do so. If you're able to share it onto your social medias, do that as well. Another organization that I wanted to let you guys know about is preventchildabuse.org. Again, preventchildabuse.org. And their whole mission is basically just knowing that evidence shows that children's early experiences impact them throughout their entire life, positively and negatively. Your contribution to their charity will help fund their work to enable the safe, stable, and nurturing relationships and environments that ensure children and families succeed and communities thrive. So please, again, go check out thejaycfoundation.org or preventchildabuse.org. Read up on the resources. um, Donate if you're able to. If you are somebody you know, whether you're an adult or a child listening to this, a teenager, it doesn't matter. If you or anybody that you know is facing any sort of abuse, whether that's verbal, emotional, physical, check out thehotline.org. You can also call 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. They will be able to assist you, whether that's giving you somebody to speak to you, resources, just getting you out of the situation that you are in. You can also text START to 88788. That's START, S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. And please help whoever you know that is in that situation or help yourself. There are people that are here to help you. There are people that love you. There are people that want to see you safe. 
So please take that first step, whether it's by visiting this website, contacting this number, texting them, telling somebody that you know, um, whatever that looks like for you. Please make sure that you guys do that. We want to make sure that we're all safe, especially, you know, making sure we protect the children out here. You know, that organization is absolutely correct. Everything that happens in children's lives affects them negatively and positively. That's why we're all adults out here really just trying to deal with our childhood trauma and different things that we've been through. So if we can stop this for other people, especially in circumstances that are abusive, please let's do that. So check out those organizations, donate if you can. If you know anybody being abused, contact the hotline number. That is extremely crucial. Let's all be here for each other. <sighs> deep breath after all that you guys I just sat back in my chair I was like sitting straight up reading my notes just spiraling it's just so so awful I mean these people having these beautiful little blessings and just being awful parents awful human beings it's despicable is what it is so I hope that you guys enjoyed that case. Um, if you have any more information that I did not mention on that case, again, please send that to me at suspectpodcast or email me at suspectpodcast1 at gmail.com. You can also find my personal Instagram at Katie, K-A-T-I-E underscore K-E-N-N-E-D-D-Y. I will communicate with you guys on either one of those. Um, Instagram's my shit, so <laughs> I check those every day. Send me any case suggestions, any crazy stories you guys have, any crazy current events that you guys heard about in your city, your friend's city, your cousin's city, whatever the case may be. Please make sure to check out these organizations. Donate if you can. Um, share it onto your social media of any sort just so that there can be more awareness when it comes to these um, abusive situations. If you have not already, I'm going to be annoying about this because I say it, but I'm still waiting. If you have not rated the podcast, Suspect Family, hear me clearly. If, if you are listening on Apple Podcast, take two seconds, scroll down to the podcast little profile on Apple Podcast. Give me a five star. Leave me a review. Tell me what you hate. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you want me to implement, what you want me to take away. Whatever your opinion is, I want to hear it. We're family here. Like they say in Divergent, thank you for your candor. I would love to hear it in the reviews. I would love to hear it. Please do that, seriously. It really, really helps grow the audience and... Um, yeah, the more people, the better, because you guys know the more people that listen to suspect, the more people that we can educate, the more people that can learn about things maybe they've never heard about, whether you're in America, China, Australia, England, let's all learn about these things together and implement different things we can do moving forward to make sure these things don't continue to happen, that history does not continue to repeat itself. So Go leave me a rate, leave me a five star, or a one star. If you think I'm bad, that's fine too. Leave a one star, whatever. 
Um, also, if you are interested in supporting this podcast in any way, please check the link in the description. You can do, I think, like 5, 10, 15, whatever you want. Monthly support this podcast. I think my goal for 2020 is going to be setting up a Patreon of some sort so that anybody that subscribes to the Patreon will get an additional episode or two every week. So be on the lookout for that. I think that's all. I think that's all. It's like... It's like my little cleanup corner. I gotta make sure I give you guys all the info. So yeah, check out the podcast. Email me. Leave a review. Be looking out for the Patreon. Check all the links in the show notes for um, the Nick Cannon video. All the other stuff I said I was going to leave links for. It'll be there. The tequila's got to me at this point. It's gotten to me. So, again, thank you guys if you're returning, for listening, if you're new. Hi, and I hope that I have not scared you off. Um, This is how it is every week. I'm kind of just getting on here talking. So if you like that, tune in. If you don't, it was nice having you for this episode. I hope that all of you guys are getting ready for Christmas. Um, You are feeling holly jolly. I don't really know. But yeah, we will check in with you guys again. This is Wednesday. This will be uploaded by Thursday night. I will see you guys again on Sunday night. Until then, I hope. All right, I love you guys. Please stay nice. Stay warm. Stay focused. Stay focused, guys. We got this. 2021 is almost over. We made it. It's been two years since the pandemic started. And we're all we're all doing the best we can every single day so keep that in mind don't be too hard on yourself just know that you're doing the best you can and it's okay it's okay to have days where you don't want to do shit it's okay to have days where you don't want to focus on shit take time for yourself make sure that you are staying mentally sane and i will talk to you guys next episode stay tuned for it on sunday it'll be another reddit episode for the holidays so I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being my little family and for listening to me rant and talk about shit and give my opinion on shit, and I appreciate it. So we're coming up on two years of the podcast, guys. Also, really quick before we end the episode, I have a special podcast episode coming on Suspect where we're not just talking crime. We're not going to be talking crime at all, actually. We're just going to do like – a 2021 year in review, essentially. So I'm thinking about having a few guests on for that episode where we can just, you know, talk about things we learned, talk about habits we picked up, talk about different things we did, whatever. So if you guys have any questions for the 2021 year in review, again, send those to me. You guys know where. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. I love you so much. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week and say something nice to someone. Send somebody a compliment randomly. And until the next time, I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. Won't you say you love me too?